Hey everybody, welcome. This is part two of a special edition of High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. I am your host, Chris Williams. Thank you uh, for joining us. If you're a repeat uh, person listening to our podcast, thank you. If you are brand new, I want to say thank you for listening to this show. Um, however you found us, whether it be through social media, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or whether that be through our website, uh, whether that be through an article or some information that you saw, I want to say thank you for hopping on. This is a special edition. And the reason is because every single day this week, we will be releasing uh, this special edition. It's five days of really helping you uh, during this season. This is a uh, unique time for all of us. And one of the things that has really become really important, especially for you executives and for you uh, small to mid-sized firm uh, executives and business owners, you are realizing the importance of how you actually share information. Uh, many of us are now having to be home. And due to that reality, uh, which is a real reality, we're having to totally restructure the way that we shared information, the institutional knowledge making becomes now more of a premium uh, the tools that we use and everything else. So this show, I decided I wanted to do something that was effective. I wanted to do something that was going to be meaningful. And so every single day this week, we're going to be walking through a way to change your culture during this downtime that will help you build better relationships. It will help you really get an understanding of where you are today, but more importantly, you're going to create a culture that will enable sharing across the organization. It doesn't matter whether you're somebody who's just walking in to somebody who's the most senior person in the company. I think this is going to be a really, um, really important conversation. So let's let's dive right in. So if you if you listen to our show on Monday, um, you heard us talk about um, the first step of this. There are five different steps. The first step was evolve. Evolve is basically creating a sense of awareness where you are, what's happening around you, having a sense of awareness of where you're trying to go with your uh, culture uh, individually and then as a team and maybe even as an organization and starting to fill in the gaps of what it's going to take in order for you to get there. It really comes down to a sense of awareness and being open and honest with yourself. So once you get past that, and again, if you didn't get an opportunity to really listen to that, I highly suggest you go back, take a listen to that because this part two builds on that conversation. Because once you go through the first phase of kind of discovery and evolve, you are now ready for what I call social capital. Now, social capital is pretty interesting because uh, we all want it. We all think it's important. Uh, but what we have not done very uh, well is sometimes maybe it might be a little difficult to figure out, OK, what do I need to do in order to improve my social capital? Now, what is social capital? Social capital is basically the the, the level of relationships that you have currently uh, around you. So you could take this as an individual or you can even think about within the company. It's about the level of relationships that you have that are bringing meaningful and valuable um, um, information and a, and a quality of relationship into your life, into the place that you work in, so on and so forth. And so how we grow is directly tied to who we grow with. And I want you to think about that for a second. How we grow is directly tied to who we grow with. And I personally believe that engagement with other human beings is becoming a real lost art mainly due to the amount of technology that we put in 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 place of human interaction. Right. Um, obviously, now having to be home, you have to use technology, which is important. It's, it's fair. It's something that we've got to do. Um, however, 
what we should be striving for as individuals and what you should be striving for inside of your company, among team members, among different departments, among among leadership is a real sense that human interaction is one of the keys to unlocking a sharing culture. And everything that you do from a uh, culture standpoint, change management standpoint, communication, best practices should be about how do I get the most added value out of um, everyone communicating effectively. Um, So our social capital, our ability to create social capital, that's a good representation of the entire world is so important to our growth as human beings. Um, This gets into diversity. So when you think about social capital, when you think about, you know, your teams, all right, how often do we communicate and what are the modes that we leverage communication? Right. Um, And are we sure that we're being effective with our communication? So let me kind of give you a a quick way to um, uh, measure your communication There's basically five ways we all communicate Uh, in person, um, over the phone, um, through some sort of chat system at work. Um, through video, like a collaborate, a video collaboration tool, uh, such as a zoom Skype or what have you. Um, and then also through email. So if, if you're thinking about your, your place of work, those are the five ways we communicate. What I always, um, ask people to do, and, 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 and especially for leaders, if you're listening to this, prioritize the, the versions of communication. So I always put them in this order. Face to face is the highest version of communication you will ever have. Why? Because you communicate by engaging all five senses. Yes, your cologne or the lack thereof um, is a way to communicate. Um, it communicates certain things uh, to certain people. Um, but your sense of uh, touch, the way the person moves their hands, are they a hand gesture kind of person? I know I am. I'm doing it right now, even as I uh, record this episode. Um, your eyes, do they brighten when you say certain words? Do they get dull? Your face, um, all of those things communicate when you're talking with words, right? Um, many people love the game charades. Uh, and it's mainly because, you know, obviously you're taking away one of those modes of communication and hoping people can can figure it out. But you start to learn how important communication can really be. So uh, as a pro tip for you, prioritize communication, um, have that discussion, um, ensure that the things that you do when you start talking about setting up meetings, uh, making decisions, whether they have to be quick decisions or, uh, you know, especially in the moment decisions, but uh, long term decisions. What is the mode of communication that you're leveraging and make sure that you prioritize that and just realize if you're using, for example, email, I consider that the lowest version of communication. And the reason is, is because it's not effective communication. It's a one way I send you what I what I'm what I'm saying. It's up to the receiver to interpret what I said without the other things that Uh, in-person communication would give you. It takes away all the other senses and it's left up to interpretation. And so that means that it can be misconstrued. Um, It's just not, it's not the the most effective way to communicate. So I would say that email should be the last way that we want to communicate when it comes down to a decision. I think if the decisions need to be made in your organization inside of your team, you should meet in person. If you can't meet in person, leverage a video collaboration tool. If you can't use a video collaboration tool, uh, use an audio collaboration tool. Right. Uh, But just prioritize that. So that's one pro tip. So let's kind of talk about social capital and um, 
let me kind of give you some background on just kind of how I came up with this, um, this, this sort of thinking and why it's so important to unlocking a, a true culture of sharing inside of a company. So all of us have been invited to a networking event through email or th- through some flyer, you know, with some cool tagline. Right. And I remember when I first started truly trying to network, like, you know, networking for a job, networking for just networking sake, what have you. Right. I was doing a lot of networking. And I remember when I first started, I would go to every event and I was just out there. I mean, it didn't matter where the event was, who was doing it. I was doing it mainly because, you know, when you're really trying to network, you really trying to get a name out there of yourself just as much as possible. But here's what I started to notice as I started to do that on a consistent basis. I mean, I was everywhere. Number one, the events honestly end up with the same people, um, which can be a little bit, you know, redundant Um, Two, no one really could uh, spend time actually talking to each other. It was really about just collecting a database of back then, you know, business cards. Right. Um, It wasn't really conversation about, hey, here's what I do. Here's what I need. Is there basically, you know, someone who can you know, help me move the needle or uh, how can I help someone else? Right. <clears throat> but the other thing that I noticed was I just got exhausted of it after a while, you know, a few years into it, it was just like, I, I just can't keep doing this anymore. And so I kind of cut back on going to a lot of networking events. Here's what I found out about myself. What I was really trying to do was I wanted to be somewhere that I had a goal in mind And the only thing I kind of knew at that time was I had to talk to people in order to get there who were already there. But in a lot of networking circles, there aren't many people wherever I was trying to go. And so you have to start thinking about inside of your company. um, What is the version of social capital that you're currently displaying? Is it to truly be a help and a value add as an executive? Are you visible enough that people can ask you a question and that you can provide context uh, that you can, uh, you know, help triage things um, that you have an open forum, right? Like what is your version of social capital and how deep does that go throughout the organization uh, that you represent? And what I didn't know then and what I kind of later found out was that um, I was going about building my social capital that never would really bring me the results that I wanted. So let me give you another example. Right now, if you go to your personal social media, you know, if you go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, some people are on TikTok, uh, Snapchat, um, LinkedIn. Right. Here's the question that I think you want to start asking yourself. Can you truly say every single person that you're connected to is actually adding real value to you and present enough in your ongoing life to to know what's happening with you? Are all the people that you're following? Is there a mutual understanding and shared community? Um, would you say some of the things and do some of the things that you see the people that follow you uh, do? Not saying that everyone's bad and that it's terrible. And no, because some people I just like. It's funny. Some of the things that they post. But my point is, is that um, mindless entertainment and having goals of where you're trying to go with within your your individual uh, line of work, whether it be your career or you're wanting to improve as a as a leader, you have to put more focus and emphasis on that and be around the people who can really help you as opposed uh, to people who cannot, which means you have to really start taking inventory of your real social capital. I also call it relational equity. We'll talk more about that 
when we get into um, uh, the third and fourth step. But relational equity is 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 that um, that equity kind of think about like equity in a home. Right. There's a lot of value there, mainly because of the experiences and the things that you've done together, whether you've worked on projects before. Maybe you've ran a couple of companies or departments together. And just eventually it's just, you know, there's a lot of, you know, relational equity there. What that means is that I might be able to make a withdrawal when things get tight. I might I can hold you accountable to certain things because we have trust. We have integrity. We have uh, honesty uh, between us. And. And, and so when it comes to social capital, which is kind of the first um, first real uh, exposure to this, it's really important that you think about um, how is that being displayed inside of your company? What are teammates doing? Do teammates just pass emails to answer questions? Like, for example, I, I've seen this in real time. Um, if, if if teammates way of communicating, quote unquote, is sitting in a cube or a hallway away from each other and sending emails with questions in it. And that's the mo the main mode of communication. I would say your social capital is probably pretty low um, because we're leveraging a tool to get in way of real conversation. So for example, if <clears throat> the email system that you're using is the, the main mode of communication, uh, and everyone's in the same office, so to speak. Right. Um, even if you're not in the same office. Right. But if your main mode of communication is through email, um, that means that there's a lag time. That means there's a delay. And if we took the cost of delay and really put a dollar amount to it, you you know, we might be a little startled as to much how much money we might be losing uh, with with the delays. <clears throat> also, that goes for the same thing for um, uh, uh, making decisions. The longer it takes to make a decision inside of your company is the more money that is being lost uh, due to not executing and not getting whatever it is that you provide of a service or of a system or what have you to your end user. So if email is the only way, um, I would say probably your social capital is very low. And that means that um, the cost of delay is probably pretty high. The thing you want to start thinking about is, is, OK, if if uh, we're using email as our primary way of focusing and the majority of us are sitting in our in the in the same building or, you know, in the same block or two, you know, between a couple of buildings, um, we got to start really getting honest about how effective is this? Is this really helping us make uh, key decisions? Is there a better way that we can start to really, really um, increase our social capital and value each other? Um, so I want to provide you some kind of some tips and some and some ideas of things that you can do to really increase um, your your social capital. Now, we'll be honest with you. One of my main personal goals in life, and this is just like lifelong, something I just I, I dream of being able to achieve or, or play a part in some way. Maybe I should say that I want to play a part in building social capital that bridges gaps, um, bridges racial gaps, bridges. Uh, I don't I don't want to necessarily uh, focus on diversity because I think well, we've used diversity in so many different ways that it becomes a watered down word. What I want to do is I want to bridge gaps. I want to uh, to help companies and organizations bridge gaps between uh, generations. Right. Uh, senior generation, uh, uh, senior executives who are in the baby boomer generation 
to the millennials and Gen Z's that work inside of their companies. I want to use social capital to bridge those types of gaps. I want to bridge gaps between manager and individual contributor, manager and executive team, senior leadership to management, uh, from uh, most senior person in the room to a person, somebody who just started two weeks ago, right? I want to leverage social capital and teach people how to do that in such a way that um, it bridges gaps. That's my long-term goal when we start talking about uh, social capital. So you have to think about right now in this downtime, while you're trying to figure out all of the little nuances that you've got to figure out now um, with inside of your company, how can we start to build this? And so um, side note, uh, this coming Tuesday, March 31st, 1130 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to be hosting a webinar. If you want information, it's going to be attached to uh, uh, this, um, uh, this podcast episode, you can go there and register for it, but you do not want to miss it. We're going to be talking about the cost of not sharing. Ultimately over these five days, we're going to help build our culture so that we create a culture of, of sharing, but I'm going to get into you, uh, get to you the information that it really helps you understand the true cost of not sharing down to dollars and what that really means and how that impacts your hiring and how that impacts people currently today and so on and so forth. So, March 31st, register. The link is um, is provided in this in this episode. So we start talking about uh, really, you know, moving and creating a high value version of, of social capital um, to really build higher quality relationships. There's three things that I want to kind of give you um, to help you out. Number one, you want to build. Um, and when I say build, what I mean is, is you want to become the student not the expert with all the information. So that means start asking questions. Who is it that we can learn from? Who do we need to bring in that can kind of help us start down this journey? Uh, What is it that we actually really need to learn? Maybe you have some of the building blocks already, but maybe you don't know what you don't know. So there might be advantages. Uh, I can we can help you out with that uh, here with our company. I'd be more than happy to have a conversation. Feel free to send me an email. Chris at high level wisdom dot com. and what I would say is if there's if there are people that, you know, and people that you target and you say, hey, you know what? This person might be able to help us build who are outside of our current culture. That's the other thing. When you start building something, you need outside advice. You need internal understanding of where things are, but you need help for people who are outside of your current culture, because that means they don't have any bias. They don't have any um Uh, loyalties towards one person or another. Um, What they have is their expertise that they can share and they can also help point out blind spots. Right. So when you're in a building kind of a step that I would provide to you as a as a something to look at, that's something you want to pay attention to. Um, The other thing I would say is if you're an executive and maybe you don't really know your uh, your your management team well, maybe you don't know your employees well, maybe you don't know your kind of one and two downs well. Here's something you can do. Uh, start making changes and shifts on your calendar so that you actually get an opportunity to meet people who are uh, outside of your everyday world as an executive. So whether that means you have a uh, one and two down meetings, which are kind of popular, but I would even change the narrative in which you, you know, you have those meetings. Don't have it as the the executive, the CEO, the head of HR, the whatever. I would totally remove your title and leverage your name that you were born with. Bob, Karen, Chris, you know, like you're you you genuinely want to meet people. 
You do not want to meet them uh, based on your title, your job description and what you do. Matter of fact, remove that even from the conversation when you sit down to meet with people. Go to lunch together. Uh, pick a person a month inside of your company and just say, hey, we're just going to lunch and create parameters around that discussion. Hey, we're not going to talk about our job, our title and what we do here. What we are going to do is we're just going to get to know each other. I'm going to tell you about me. I'm going to tell you about my family. I'm going to tell you about my two kids. I'm going to tell you about my crazy dog. I'm going to tell you about the fun trip I had uh, to Spain. Right. Whatever the case may be. But, you know, really, truly get to know people and and make it a make it a thing. You know, ask your other uh, executives inside of the company to take on that same mantra. So that's the first step I would give you. The second tip I would give you is you want to also while you're building, you want to also eliminate. Um, what I mean by eliminate is, is you want to eliminate uh, people, places and things, basically any noun, so to speak, that does not allow you to build social capital the right way or poses a threat to the overall goals and visions for the type of community that you're trying to build inside of your company. Um, and I would say this is one that you want to take uh, pretty seriously and ask that those around you do the same. So again, if you if, if you go back to the first you know episode of this, we talked about Evolve, having a, a sense of awareness of um, kind of where your culture is, where you want to go and kind of start talking about the steps to do that. When you're looking at social capital, yes, you want to start building relationships deep inside of your organization, but you also want to start to eliminate the things that are getting in the way of that. Right. Uh, again, going back to the ways of communication, if everyone is solely focused on using email as a primary mode of communication, you know, in person is the best way to communicate. It's even more the best way to make decisions. So maybe what you have to do is you got to have a conversation and say, hey, you know, uh, for three weeks, we're going to challenge ourselves to if we have a decision to be made, we're going to try to meet in person as much as possible. Right. And in person might be physically in person or it might have to be by video conference. Right. But whatever it is, we're going to we're going to want to prioritize the way we communicate and the way we meet. And we're going to stick to our guns with that. So that's kind of one way um, you want to do that. But this helps you get into the habit of really building real meaningful social capital. So the first step you want to build uh, deep into the organization, getting to know each other. You want to eliminate the things that are kind of in the way from allowing you to be able to do that. Lastly, you want to respect social capital. And by that, I mean, as you build and as you get to know people inside of your organization, you are going to learn about differences. You are going to learn about uh, um, different vantage points. Um, I, I love that movie, by the way. If you've never seen this movie, uh, no, no, you know, affiliate marketing here, but there's a wonderful movie about this idea of vantage points, and it's literally called Vantage Point. Um, it's, um, um, I think it's Dennis Quaid, uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the other gentleman's name right now, but. Um, it's a Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Dennis Quaid and Forrest Whitaker. And it's about this situation that happens and all of the different vantage points that people had to the same situation. And so when you start building social capital, right, you might be an executive looking at this new initiative that you put together. You think it's great, but you might go one or two or three down in the organization and get to meet someone. And it was a terrible idea on their part. And there might be real impacts that they were having based on some of the decisions that you all made. Respect the differences. Be willing to listen to the difference, uh, the differences that are um, that are provided to you. Right. Um, it's OK to have difference in habits and attitudes and behaviors. But what we don't want to do is we don't want people to feel like they're silenced by having a difference of opinion. 
right? Um, our natural inclination is to always reject what we don't understand. That's our natural inclination. But what we've got to learn to do is respect the differences that we don't understand and understand from someone else's perspective how they draw on that conclusion. Here's the, 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 the thing that's really important. It's not always about wrong or right. Sometimes it's just different. And I think that's one thing we got to start pushing inside of our organizations and companies. Um, I'm going to give you a good example. A uh, few years back, uh, you might have heard of a name in sports, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, he was the former coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And um, people laughed at Jim Harbaugh because they discovered this really interesting nuance about Jim Harbaugh. Some of you might remember this. If you don't go look it up, it's pretty interesting. Um, people were laughing at Jim Harbaugh because they found out where he got his uh, sideline coaching pants from, so to speak. Um, They found out that Jim Harbaugh was buying khaki pants from Walmart instead of buying a brand, you know, from Nike or some, you know, whoever, getting some version of tailored uh, pants, right? Here's the interesting thing. It was a, it was a big story. Everybody talked about it and all these other things. And at the end of the day, you know, you're allowed to buy clothes from where you want to. And there's nothing wrong with just because he has money doesn't mean that he has to blow it on, you know, uh, expensive clothing. Clothing might not be his thing. What does that mean? He just might see things in, in as far as clothing differently. If you think that money should be um, the thing that makes people change or move to a different extreme. Okay. But there's nothing wrong with someone who also shops at Walmart, right? So the idea is, is that here's Jim Harbaugh doing great, winning games. All of a sudden, here's this storyline that's getting all this play about where he buys his 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 pants from. What difference does that make? Um, my my whole point in bringing this, this 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 up is some people do things that you may have never seen before. And it's a journey into building your social capital that you will encounter this. You're going to hear about stories from the employees inside of your companies. If you're an executive, you're going to hear about things from your teammates. Uh, You're going to hear things um, from all throughout the organization that you just never even thought of. The idea is respect it. Know that it's different. And guess what? It's okay. I promise you it's really okay. So you just being open to understanding it. Guess what it does? It creates an opportunity for that person to trust you more. And the more trust we have running through our organizations, the more um, accountability, the more uh, uh, social capital we have, the higher quality outputs um, come for our customers. Okay, so I wanted to be able to provide this to you. This is part two social capital again. And just to recap, social capital is all about thinking about how do we build deep inside of organizations, meaningful relationships. And, and it's important. And so, you know, go back, listen to this a couple of times, share this episode with, with your teammates. But remember how we grow is going to be directly tied to who we grow with. And if you have an organization that's struggling right now due to having to be at home and having to kind of change up the way you guys meet, having to leverage video collaboration tools, you know, there's a real premium on effective communication. 
And the highest way to get effective communication is to have relationships deep inside of the organization, deep between one another so that we value that person's time, energy and focus and make sure that we're able to provide what's necessary. So I want to thank you for listening to part two. Now, um, again, just to just to let you guys know, you're going to hear some really great information at the end of this podcast. You want to tune in Tuesday, jump on the webinar, make sure that you register to the cost of not sharing webinar. It's going to be a fabulous time going to learn, going to give you some really great tips. Um, tomorrow, the next episode you're going to hear is about something we call essential. You this is all about becoming vulnerable. As an executive, as a leader of people, I'm going to talk about vulnerability. We're going to talk about being comfortable with that. And I'm going to give you some tips to help you out. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was valuable to you. If it was, um, do us a favor, because this is the ways that we know we're providing you content that's relevant and things that's going to help you. Please feel free to send us an email, chris at highlevelwisdom.com or info at highlevelwisdom.com. Uh, provide a comment. Uh, to the show. If you're listening to this on any platform, we ask that you give us a thumbs up, leave a comment that allows us to show up more in the rankings and so that more people will find what you now are able to enjoy. Also, join us on um, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at High Level Wisdom is the handle. Shout us out. Let us know how you found this show and what you found to be helpful in our special edition daily uh, uh, podcast uh, series on building a culture so that you can enable sharing. This is part two, social capital. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And I hope that you all have a great, wonderful day. And whatever you do, make sure you do it at a high level. Take care. Hey, listen, do not forget that March 31st, right here on High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders, we are having a webinar, The Cost of Not Sharing. You do not want to miss this if you're a leader, if you're a manager, if you're the CEO, executive, or a company. You do not want to miss this. It's going down March 31st, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want more information, please go to our website, www.highlevelwisdom.com. Make sure that you register for this webinar. It is going to be an awesome webinar to understand what it means to create a sharing culture, some of the impacts of not sharing, and what you can do in order to improve the culture at your company. March 31st, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please pre-register at our website today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.